Anybody love Jesus this morning? Come on, church. Excited to be here today. Welcome everybody in Knoxville. We are so excited for you all and for how God is going to bless you and how God is moving in that area. Welcome everybody who's watching online all over the country. Uh, we're excited about what God is doing here at Foothills Church. It is Christmas season officially. And uh, this Friday, I know they talked about it, but really, if you've got kids, you do not want to miss Jingle Jam. It is going to be a really fun night, exciting for our kids and uh, great conversations I know you'll be able to have as you leave that night about Christmas with your kids. And so it's going to just be a great start to the season for you all. I hope that you will be here. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Matthew chapter 1. This is the Christmas season and the Christmas season always disrupts our normal routine every year uh, just at this time, right? We usually wait and, until after Thanksgiving to really kick into gear, right? I mean, uh, when you think about it, uh, that leaves us about, what, four weeks to really prepare for this. It's really insane what we do to ourselves, isn't it? You got four weeks to buy however many gifts that you're gonna have to buy, you got four weeks to redecorate your house. You got four weeks to close out the year at the office, which is busy. You got, uh, you know, four weeks to go through all the parties, you know, the family parties, the Christmas parties at work, the Christmas parties with your friends and all the other church parties that you're, you know, involved in. You've got to do all the Christmas traditions, right? Because mom and dad have to do all the Christmas traditions. You know, we got to make cookies and we got to schedule that or gingerbread houses. We got to you know, watch all the Christmas movies. We got to drive around, look at all the lights. Got to go to Dollywood. God forbid we not go see Dolly. And it's like, we just cram so much stuff in four weeks. It's no wonder, you know, we're so stressed out and overwhelmed every December. Um, and and at, at the same time, we love it, right? We love it. Uh, unless you're the Grinch, you welcome this disruption into your life. But if we were honest today, uh, the Christmas routine, the Christmas season is not the only disruption that you have uh, today. There are a lot of things that are battling for your attention. Yeah, we got all the Christmas stuff happening that's battling for your attention, but then you've got your everyday normal problems that you're facing that are battling for your attention today. And some of you are just exhausted. You're exhausted from whatever situation you're going through, whatever disruption God has brought into your life. You're worried about family or health or something. You're just looking for hope today. Maybe you're trying to solve a problem. You got an issue with a relationship, a kid, a, a work situation, a financial situation, and you're just trying to figure out how can I solve this issue? When it comes to the holidays, when it comes to Christmas, we get a lot of messages in front of us that make it feel like that first Christmas was perfect. Have you ever seen a nativity scene? I know you have, you're gonna see these scenes all over the place. You look at this thing and it just paints this picture that everything was majestic and perfect on that first Christmas, right? You look at Joseph and he's like all calm and happy and he's not worried about the barn animals infecting baby Jesus with some kind of germ, you know? You've got the shepherds and you know, they're all chill. It's not like they just didn't see these angels flying around singing, which would have freaked all of us out, but they're just relaxed, you know, hanging out. You get the wise men there who, they weren't even there, right? They didn't come until a couple years later. We don't know what's going on that, with that. And then, of, of course, you got Mary, right? She looks like she just walked out of the spa, you know, despite the fact that she had just given birth in a cave without an epidural. And so we look at this image and we think, oh, it was so perfect and lovely and wonderful. 
But the reality was that was a very overwhelmed Mary. That was a stressed out young couple. That was an incredibly challenging and difficult time. That first Christmas was filled with a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty. And I would, I would bet that there are people in the room, people watching today who are familiar with those emotions, fear, uncertainty, and maybe even stressed out a bit. We experience those similar emotions. But what if this Christmas, you actually focused on Jesus instead of the fear, instead of the problem, instead of everything that is, is going, around, uh, going on around you, and you just trusted Jesus? You see, the Christmas story actually teaches us how to do that. The Christmas story teaches us that despite the dangerous situations, despite the stress that is around you, you have a decision to make. You can focus on Jesus. You can put your attention on Jesus. And if you do, you learn to worship him. And as you learn to worship him, despite the disruptions in your life, you and I have the opportunity to surrender our life to Jesus, to surrender our will to Jesus, to surrender control. And when you begin to do that and you learn how to do that, your faith grows and finally, you begin to experience the peace and the joy that God wants you to experience this Christmas. So in our story today, Matthew 1, we're gonna focus on Joseph today. Uh, next week, we're gonna focus on Mary. The next week, we're gonna talk about Herod. And then it's a Foothills Christmas. And if you missed those times, uh, man, make sure you're up to speed on that because we're doing the schedule a little bit different this year because Christmas falls on a Sunday. We're gonna have a, a Friday service and all of our normal services one on Friday and then uh, a few on Saturday. Uh, so don't miss that out. We thought that would be the best way to, to be able to meet our needs to worship. It doesn't matter if we worship on Sunday morning or Saturday, right? And so this is gonna be a good opportunity uh, for us uh, this year. So Matthew 1, here we go. You're familiar with this story. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. In verse 18, we see that Mary and Joseph were betrothed. What, what does that mean? Well, in that time in the first century uh, in Judaism, there were three steps to getting married. The first step was the engagement. That was done by your parents. Your parents chose who you were gonna marry. I don't think such a bad idea, right? Uh, but oh, we don't do that anymore. Uh, so they, they would engage their kids at a young age and they might not even know each other or see each other. And then at some point when they were at the right age, then they would become betrothed. And that was officially uh, seen legally as a marriage. They were bound 
together. And so they didn't live together. They didn't sleep together. They were just preparing for the final step, which would have been the actual marriage ceremony. And so this is the phase that they're in. They're in the betrothal uh, stage. So they weren't living together, sleeping together, but they were legally together, uh, legally seen as married. And, and, And here's the picture. Before they came together, the scripture says, and that means sexually, Mary becomes pregnant, right? And so this is an important thing to to note that this was of God. This was of the Holy Spirit, which is important because Jesus lived without sin. If he would have had an earthly father, he would have inherited a sin nature like you and I did from our father and his father's father, all the way to our father, Adam in the garden. We inherit that sin nature. But because Jesus doesn't have an earthly father, it was a miraculous birth. She was a virgin. Uh, He did not inherit that sin nature. And so picture this. She is betrothed, legally married in the eyes of uh, the law. And she becomes pregnant. She's 16, 17 years old, roughly. And you can imagine how this would have devastated Joseph. Talk about a disruption in your life. Can you imagine how how mind-blowingly disappointed he must have been? I remember being engaged. It wasn't too, too long ago. It was amazing. I felt like I had conquered the world. I had tricked this woman, I mean, persuaded this woman that I was an okay guy, right? And, And it just felt amazing. And so we start the planning phase. And some of you guys are in the planning phase right now, right? You're engaged. And so you're you're all, we're going to get married. Where's the venue? And let's order flowers and let's get a photographer and all this stuff. And it's so exciting and, and so much stuff happening. And, and this is the, 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 the time for them. They're preparing. They're getting ready, you know, to be together and have their life. We're going to have a, you know, hut. We're going to have a couple of kids, right? And so they're planning. They're not ordering flowers and that kind of thing. But you get the idea. Mary shows up and says, I'm pregnant. He doesn't need a Jerry Springer episode for the paternity test he knows it was not him. And so he's floored, he's devastated, he's angry, he's disappointed, all of the things, right? All of that would be an understatement to what he would uh, have been experiencing in his life. And of course he's afraid. And all of these emotions, let's just be honest today, you have gone through the same thing. You've been devastated, you've been disappointed, you've been angry, you've been disrupted right? You had a plan, you had a goal, you had a thing. It didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. God changed the plan. Things were different and you didn't know what to do. Now, some of you have gone through that. You're in it right now. And so you're looking for hope. You're looking for answers today. I love what Joseph does. He does what all the dudes in the room would have done. He's a man's man. I love it. He comes up with a plan. He's going to fix a situation. And so in verse 19, it says that he, divor- he was going to divorce her quietly. No, I love it because he's, he's a man. And what do men do? Men fix it. Ladies, you need to understand something about your man. No matter who he is, no matter how old he is, he is here to do one thing in your life. He's going to fix it, whatever it is. Is it a house issue? He's going to YouTube it. He's going to Google it. He's going to go to Home Depot 47 times and he's going to fix it. If it's a plumbing issue, I'm not a plumber, but I got a pipe wrench. I'm going to, I'm going to go after it. I might, you know, spend a lot of money and then ultimately I have to call the man to come and fix it, but I am going to fix it, right? Every guy in the room is here to fix it. Why? Because it's in our nature to solve problems. It's in our nature to, to, to fix whatever the issue is. 
I don't think you understand just what a psychologist your husband is, ladies. You don't understand that he could have been a therapist. Um, You're not married if you haven't had this conversation with your husband. You've gone to him and you've been so stressed and you've been anxious and worried about something and you're just like, this thing is just, you know, consuming lean, blah, blah, blah. And then your therapist husband gives you the advice that is going to change your life. You know what he says? Honey, just stop thinking about it. (laughs) It's brilliant, I tell you. It's true. He wants to fix it. And he wants to fix whatever situation is going on in the life. Car problem, let me take a look at it. Don't know anything about cars. I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna figure it out. And if at some point the stars align, ladies, and whatever it is, he actually does solve the problem and it works out, an applause, a standing ovation would be welcomed, a shoulder rub, whatever you deem necessary, because that is what he lives for. He lives to fix things. And this is where Joseph is at, man. He is, he is in this fix-it mode. I'm going to divorce her quietly. That will solve the issue. I've got a plan. At this time, it was required uh, when, when adultery is, is happening that you had to go tell the authorities because she was in trouble. She was gonna be judged. And he knew what was gonna happen to her. She would have been disgraced and she would have had to leave. It would have been a terrible, her life would just be altered. And so quietly was his plan. He's not gonna turn her into the authorities. He's just gonna divorce her quietly, right? In verse 20, it says that he was considering these things. Now I take this to mean that he was processing it. He was thinking about it. He was praying about it. It doesn't say this, but I imagine he probably, you know, talked to some friends about it, maybe a trusted spiritual leader in his life. What am I gonna do? He must have, been, scripture says he was a just man, so he's a righteous man. And so he's, he's asking God, what, what should I do? Answer me, how, how can I uh, work this out? He probably wanted to fight somebody and cuss somebody out, all of these emotions, right? As he's dealing with this stress. What do you do when you're stressed, when there's a problem that you're trying to fix? How do you respond? Some of you are like, man, I gotta go to the gym and I gotta throw some you know, plates around or you know, I, I got to run. I, I got I to gotta go fish. I got to get in the woods. I got to do something. Yeah. A love about Joseph. Maybe he threw some clay pots around and rocks. I don't know. But ultimately he considered these things. So he's praying. He's asking God. Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't badmouth his, his, his fiance. You know, in our day and time, it would be go to social media and blast her, spread rumors and criticize her, make her look like the bad person and so that you look good. That's what so-called Christians do today when they don't like something or they're hurt or whatever, just go to social media and make everybody else look bad. It's immaturity is what it is. It's sin is what it is. The Bible says to go one-on-one. This is not what we see Joseph do. He's a just man. He's a righteous man. He doesn't bad mouth her. He keeps silent and he processes this with God. He considers it. Maybe that's what you're missing. Have you gotten away for a few hours or maybe an entire day just to, just to get away from things and focus on God and pray about this situation and seek God on it. Have you fasted about this situation? Some of you are like, I've got little kids. I don't have any time on my own. Can you get a babysitter instead of going out on a date, maybe take a few hours just to be by yourself and pray. Maybe ask a spiritual leader to come and pray with you about this situation. This is what intentionality looks like when we're seeking to solve an issue that is a big issue that God has brought into our life. We just want to fix it. We want to go straight to the, you know, the result, right, guys? 
we want to go straight to here's how I can, you know, figure this out and overcome this, but it doesn't always go the way that you want it to go. God has a different plan. Some of you are, are right there. You're trying to fix a marriage. You're trying to fix a kid. You're trying to fix something at work, fix something financially. Are you going to God? Have you considered these things? Have you processed this with godly wisdom and in the word of God? The Lord begins to answer him in verses 20 and 23 with the dream. So in the dream, an angel comes to him and says, don't be afraid. Now, why would the angel say, don't be afraid? He was afraid. He was fearful. What's the community gonna say? What's the gossip gonna say about me? How am I gonna live my life in this community? How is it ever gonna work out? How am I gonna be able to face my family? All of this was drawing fear within his life. And the angel says, don't be afraid. And in the dream, we learn at least four things that I wanna point out to you today. The first thing is this. We learn that Joseph was told what to do. Marry that girl. I want you to take her to be your wife. That was what he was told to do. And, and, and so he had to process that. Am I gonna do what God wants me to do? Am I gonna obey God? Listen, when you do obey, obey God, it doesn't mean everything is gonna be easy. You see, the right thing to do often means that it's gonna be even more difficult. The right thing to do oftentimes doesn't make the fear go away. The fear of how we're gonna make this situation work and the awkward conversations I'm gonna have with Mary going forward and do I really believe the story that she's telling me and all of that is a reality. That The angel says don't be afraid because it's a very scary thing to actually trust God. Walk with him in faith. Take this woman to be your wife is what he was told to do. And you see, this is maybe where some of you are at. You're dating this girl for how many years now? Maybe you're living together. Maybe you're sleeping together. Like that's not God's plan. God's plan is that you would obey, marry her, ask her to be your wife. Maybe it's as simple as that for some of you. Uh, the Senate just passed the Respect for Marriage Act this past week. It's really the dis Disrespect of Marriage Act, uh, totally redefining a biblical concept. Marriage is a Judeo-Christian belief. Uh, it is developed and created by God. Uh, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a Jew, then there's really no reason to get married, but it'd be like an atheist coming in here today asking me to baptize him. Like, why? What's the point? There's, you don't believe anything about it. So, so this redefinition is, is, is coming from uh, our, our culture. And so you and I are, are faced with, yeah, a, a challenging situation. And if you're in the wedding business, this is going to impact you. And so just like all things, we've got to We've got to ask, are we going to continue to obey God? Are we going to obey God on what the, the definition of marriage really is? A, a, a covenant between a man and a woman um, before God. And, and, you know, sometimes when we do the right thing, um, we're not going to be celebrated. Everybody else might be doing the wrong thing. That's going to be accepted. And so when you do the right thing, that's going to take courage. That means that you may not be invited to the party. It may mean that you might be alone on the weekend. It may mean that you get made fun of. All that stuff is part of what it means sometimes to obey God. Joseph obeys God. I imagine people made fun of him. I imagine nobody believed the story about the dream that he had. I imagine that he faced a lot of shame. Even though he was saying and, and doing what God was calling him to do, he was still dealing with all of these problems that were happening around him. Maybe some of you are afraid to take your next step of faith. 
You're, you're afraid to be faithful to God. You're afraid to obey the word of God. You think maybe the Lord is gonna ruin your life instead of bless your life. Some of you are afraid to give up a bad habit and depend on God. Whatever it is, I wanna encourage you to do what Joseph did. He obeyed. That's faith. God's word is clear to us today. We follow him, we obey him, and he blesses, even if it's not easy. The second thing we learn about this dream or in the dream is that Joseph learned that God had a bigger plan (laughs) to say the least, right? This is a much bigger plan than what Joseph had in mind. I wanna get married to her. We're gonna have a family. We're gonna be, you know, just a normal average kind of couple. God had a bigger plan for her. God's plan is often gonna be different from your plan, right? In Isaiah chapter 55, God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has a a much bigger perspective than you and I, amen? He knows what he's doing, right? He's the creator of the universe. He created math and science and history. He holds the universe together. This is God we're talking about. And his plan is often gonna be more Um, greater. It's going to be greater than than your plan. It's going to be different than your plan. And so every season we kind of wrestle with what is this thing that God is calling us to do or asking us to do. And God's plan is always going to require faith and it's going to challenge us. The point is that when you are obedient to God, he's going to do far greater things in your life than you ever expected. Some of you think, I'm a nobody. I'm, I've gone through so much heartache and so much pain and you know, God can't use me. And folks, that's just a lie from the enemy. God will and can and has taken you through that stuff so that you can bless other people and help other people. The reality is I think that this Christmas, uh, each of us need to learn this. This Christmas, worship the Lord through your obedience. This is what Joseph is doing this Christmas. Worship is more than just singing. It's more than just coming to church. Worship is waking up tomorrow and, 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 and getting to work on time and, and, and working for your, not for a boss, but for the Lord. You know, being obedient to God means that you're gonna serve him. Being obedient to God means you're gonna be honest. Being obedient to God means that you're gonna give your best effort. Being obedient to God means that you're gonna love your wife. You're gonna respect your husband. It means that you're gonna stop selfishly trying to get everything that you think you need to get and do and trust God's plan. Like every week we talk about how to obey God. And so, so when we, we come to this, there's, there's, there's something about this that is challenging to us because every single one of us can walk away today honoring God in our worship by being obedient to him. As you look at God's plan, the truth is, yes, it's a greater plan, But at the same time, it's not necessarily gonna be an easier plan. Our human nature is to go the easy way, to have the comfort, to do the easy thing. But in order to grow and definitely to follow God's plan, it's gonna require us to do things that are uncomfortable, to do things that are not easy. God knows what we want. He knows our heart, yet he doesn't always give us what we want. He doesn't always just put it on a silver platter for us immediately. There's a process and I think this is one of the reasons why he does that. God's more interested in your character than he is your comfort. He wants your character to to develop. He wants you to develop and grow and and be be able to 
live out the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of these spiritual virtues. He wants your character to develop. And so that means it might be challenging at times. That means that it's gonna be difficult. It may not work out like you do, but if you are faithful and if you are obedient, if you are consistent, God will bless you. He will honor your faith. He will honor your obedience. And in due season, you will reap a harvest. It is coming as we are faithful and obedient and it may not be easy, but think of all the greatness God is doing inside of your heart. It's worth it. May not be easier, but it is greater. God knows what we want. So I wanna encourage you to continue to pray through this. I wanna encourage you to seek God through this. I wanna encourage you to be obedient through this season, keeping your focus and attention on him. Thirdly, what we learn in this story is that Joseph learned how to be saved. He learned the plan of salvation. He learned the mission of God, right? The prophecy was from Isaiah 7, verse 14, where Isaiah prophesied that one day God would send a child. God would send the Messiah, the anointed one, the Christ to save God's people from their sins. And so what we're seeing here is that God is reminding Joseph here of, 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 of how to be saved, right? In the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, we see that um, sacrifice was necessary. In order to have your sins forgiven, blood of, the, the blood of bulls, the blood of rams, the blood of lambs had to be spilled to pay for that sin. Why? Well, because sin is a serious matter. It's, it's rebellion against God. And because of that rebellion, it required a sacrifice. And so when Jesus is coming onto the scene, he is coming as God's son, as the perfect sacrifice, the final sacrifice. When his blood was spilled on the cross, it was finished, the work was done. No more sacrifices are required. And so because of his death, taking your place, taking my place, his blood pays for our debt that we owed to God. When we receive him by faith, we're receiving his forgiveness and we're trusting in his death, in his burial, and in his glorious resurrection to forgive us of our sins and to give us a home in heaven. And most importantly, to give us a relationship with God. Scripture says that he would call his name Jesus. The Hebrew word is Yeshua. We translate it into English as Jesus. And it simply means the Lord saves or Yahweh saves. Yahweh is the Hebrew word for the Lord. And so he will save or he saves, right? So the point is that this child is the savior of the world. He will fix the problem that you and I have. Men in the room, the fixers in the room, the plot problem solvers of the room, you cannot fix your sin into heaven. You can't problem solve that on your own. You need a savior and his name is Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus today. He's the only way to fix your sin problem. He's the only way we get heaven. He's the only way we can know God. Joseph is, is given this uh, promise that Jesus, his, his son here is, God's son is going to save the world. And Joseph has a decision to make. Is he gonna trust this? Is he gonna reject God's plan? Is he gonna not have faith and believe that it's true? Is he gonna divorce her quietly? He chose to obey. He chose to do the right thing. And here's what was helpful, I think, in the dream for him. 
Joseph was reminded of God's promises. He's reminded of God's promises by going back to uh, Isaiah 7, 14. That's a promise of God. You see, God is faithful to his word. He's always gonna be faithful to his word. And because he's faithful to his word, we can, we can trust him. When he says, I'm never gonna leave you or forsake you, it's a promise. And you can bank on that promise. When the Bible says that, that God is our refuge, he is our strength. When, when the Bible says that, that death and nor life, nor strength, nor anything that is high or wide is gonna separate us from the love of God, we can bank on that promise. His promise is true for us. If you're going through a problem today, if you're trying to problem solve, we've gotta be reminded of the promises of God. We wanna be reminded of his faithfulness and reminded of his truth. God's always gonna be faithful to his word and we can trust his plan for our life. Whatever the problem is that we're facing, we focus not on how we can resolve it through our own work, but we go to his promises to see how he has already worked on our behalf. And we can trust in that and that builds our faith. God is with us today. When he says his name will be Emmanuel, that means God with us. And sure, we've heard it before. We've heard it a million times, but can we be reminded again today that God is with you in your suffering? Things might be going great for you. Wife, family, everything, job is just great. God is with you when things are going great. Don't reject or, or ignore his call. Don't ignore obeying him when things are good. If things are not so great today and you're struggling in whatever areas, remember, God is with you. He hears your prayers. He hears the prayers of the people that are praying for you. And as you walk through this season, we are reminded that Jesus is sent to solve our sin problem and walk with us through every problem that we're gonna have in this life. Joseph responds in verse 24, by obeying, he takes Mary to be his wife. Despite the disruptions, despite the anger, despite you know, his plan getting all messed up, he obeys God, even though it's gonna be difficult, even though the result is still gonna be a lot of rumors in the community and people are gonna laugh at him. This is a message that I believe we want to hear today and we need to hear today, that despite the messiness, we still say yes to Jesus, we still obey him. And so to kind of wrap it up, this is it. Your worship is expressed through your obedience. How is your worship looking today in God's eyes? Are you obeying him? Are you, are, you, are you trying to obey? Are you seeking him? God honors this. Even in the challenges and the difficulties, we can worship him by saying yes, by obeying, by trusting. And this is what he's calling us to do. Following the Lord often means we're gonna be the outcast. Following the Lord sometimes means we're, we're you know, we're not gonna, get elevated in, in, in a worldly sense, but we obey him anyway. We obey his word today. We choose to honor him like Joseph, even though we don't understand and we're afraid, we choose Jesus. We choose to worship Jesus. We, we focus on Jesus and trust him and worship him through our obedience. And it's interesting that God is, is calling Joseph to experience this amazing journey 
right? And what's interesting is that with our own hands, we might fight against the very hand of God. He tries to do his own thing for a moment. He wants to figure out how to resolve it on his own. He had this plan for his life, but on the other hand, God has this amazing journey. God wants to use him to bless the entire world, generations to follow. (laughs) I'd say it's a bigger plan. But even Joseph was fighting at one point here before he surrendered. Some of you might be in the middle of that. You know what God is calling you to do. You know what God wants you to do. And so you're in this deciding moment. Should I get baptized or am I gonna just, you know, say no, because I don't wanna be embarrassed. I don't wanna go public. Should I give my life to Jesus and truly surrender to him or, or let me just hold on to this and have my fun now until things get really bad and then I'll give my life to Jesus as if you're promised tomorrow. Now, some of us are in the middle there. We're trying to figure it out, maybe fighting God's plan. And my encouragement for you today is surrender to Jesus. Surrender control to him. Stop trying to figure out all the details and figure out how everything is gonna work out and just say, Jesus, it is yours. I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna stop trying to figure it all out. What you're taking me through might be exactly what I need, what my friend needs, what my family needs. And so you do your work and I wanna stay out of your way, but I'm gonna wake up every day and I'm gonna obey you. Every day I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna worship you. Every day I'm gonna give you praise. And this is not gonna overwhelm my faith. This is not gonna take me away from church. It's not gonna take me into isolation. I'm not gonna walk down this path and just use drugs or alcohol to make myself feel better. No, God, I wanna obey you. And like Joseph, in my fear, in the uncertainty, with the stress, with the embarrassment, I choose you. I choose your plan. I choose your plan tonight when I wake up in the morning and I've cried myself to sleep. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna choose you, Jesus. I'm gonna trust you. Some of you need to do that today. Some of you need to give your life to Jesus. Some of you need to trust him with an issue, with the problem. It's time. This Christmas could be different. Don't let the disruptions overwhelm you, whether it's the holidays or whether it's problems or just life in general. Don't miss Jesus today. Let me ask you to bow your heads. What's God asking you to do? What's he asking you to do today? Is he asking you to serve him in some way? Is he asking you to give and you're holding on financially? Is he asking you to put him first? Of course he is. What's he asking you to do? Have you really given your life to Jesus? Have you really surrendered your life to Jesus? Really committed your life to Jesus? If you haven't and you wanna do that, Just make this prayer your prayer today. Just say, God, I believe in Jesus. Believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross, taking my place. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. Come into my life, save me right now. I commit my life to you and I surrender my will to your will. 
Give him your life right now in your own words. Commit your life to him. Tell him, I'm yours. I'm yours. Anybody in the room say, wow, I, ju- I, just, I just prayed to God and gave him my life. A- anybody say that here in Maryville? Lift up your hand if that was you. Anybody at all? Anybody in Knoxville? See, praise God. Praise God. I want to encourage you to go to the care and prayer room today and let them know. Just say, hey, I, you prayed that prayer. I prayed that. I meant that. Just let them know. Just I think I gave my life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus. I want to encourage you, give you some resources today. Maybe your next step is baptism. You've been, you've just kind of been holding on for whatever reason, schedule, family, blah, blah, blah. Excuse, excuse. Maybe, maybe today you're ready to go to the care and prayer room and just say, yes, I'm ready to get baptized. I'm ready to nail this down. There's no greater time than the Christmas season to say yes to God and follow him in baptism. Let's close with a prayer now. How many of you would say, trying to figure something out? I've got an issue, I got a problem. There's something heavy on my heart today and uh, this is kind of hitting me. Anybody show a hand, say that's kind of me today? Okay, all over, I'm sure all over in Knoxville. Let's have a moment to pray with God, pray to God. I'll just kind of guide it. Just say, God, I trust you, I trust you. Tell him. God, I believe you. I may not understand it, but I trust you. Tell him how heavy your heart is for this situation. Tell him how much, how much pain you're going through. He knows. But then say, God, I'm gonna walk with you. I'm gonna trust your plan. My only hope is you. You're the only one I can trust. And it's upon your strength and your word that I stand. In your own words, just tell him how you feel today. Trust him today. We're gonna close our time together with a song that our team wrote. It's gonna help us in this sermon series during the Christmas season that we're gonna put our attention and our worship on Jesus. Father, we love you. Hearts in the room all over the place that are struggling and dealing with things. God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. Every day we trust you. Help us to be obedient, God, and be strong and and be able to lean into your promises, God. Like Joseph, help help us to be obedient. Give us faith today, God. Help us to walk out of here with a with a greater faith, with a greater strength, knowing that you are in control and you are doing your work and your plan is greater. It might not be easier, but it is greater than my plans. So we surrender to it. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. We'd love for you to like the video and leave a comment. And we also encourage you to subscribe and click the bell so you never miss a post from Foothills Church. To learn more about FC, just head to our website by going to foothillschurch.com or by clicking the link in the description below.